0: Broadcasting from deep in the Eublifarus galaxy, on a small planet called Geconia, east of the Albino Hills and south of the raging Lucistic River, comes the one, the only Gecko Nation Radio.
1: Good evening, Nation. How's everybody doing tonight? This is your host, Dave, speaking, and I've really been looking forward to this episode. Uh, If you are listening to my voice, you are part of the Gecko Nation. I'd like to encourage all of you guys to, uh, if you haven't already, join the Facebook group associated with the show. uh, It's called Gecko Nation on Facebook. Um, The group is doing very well. It's the type of group where if you're a beginner or a seasoned hobbyist, enthusiast, breeder, Um, we all get along in there. There's no, like, if you're, put it this way, if you're a beginner and you have questions, don't be afraid to ask your questions there. Nobody's going to make you feel dumb or anything for not knowing as much as another person does. We're all there to help each other. Uh, In fact, I kind of, I pretty much appreciate the energy and enthusiasm of new hobbyists. Um, It's definitely contagious, so... Check out Get the Nation on Facebook, everybody. Today is February 2nd, 2014, and our special guest tonight is Mr. John F. Taylor of The Reptile Department and Herp House Magazine. He's got a long list of other accomplishments that we'll get into. Uh, John is a, just a very accomplished writer and uh, runs a really, really great informational magazine that he's going to tell us all about, um, and he's one of our favorite Canadians. I love you. I love everybody from Canada. Something about you guys just happy, positive, great people. We had a bunch of Canadian uh, enthusiasts in the, Get the Nation group. Just a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I, I'm really interested in seeing this perspective of the community and the industry and what's going on in herpetoculture today from a Canadian's perspective, because you know although we are very close geographically, there may be some differences. So we're going to get into a lot of different hot topics with John tonight. We're going to take some calls during the show. Uh, the calling number is 246-478-5331, One of you lucky callers is going to receive a free subscription to Her House magazine. So keep that in mind. Uh, A tip for when you call in. If you want to call in and you don't want to be put in the call queue to be put on live on the air, uh, it's going to ask you, uh, press 1 to speak to the host. If you want to come online and you want to ask the question live on the air, press 1. If you just want to listen to the show, all you have to do is call the number and you'll be able to hear the show. You don't have to press uh, any any buttons after that. So keep that in mind. Uh,
2: Let's
3: see.
1: All right. Well, one of the things that... Gecko Nation Radio is proud to be associated with is Herpentine Radio. Herpentime Radio and Gecko Nation Radio are team players and we help each other promote our shows. Uh, this upcoming week on Herp Herpentime is Marty Stauffer. Do you people remember Marty Stauffer? Uh, I haven't seen him too much in the you know, on T V and in just news or anything lately, but uh, I grew up watching his shows. One of the most memorable shows was him living with bears and raising uh, a few bear cubs. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that one, but that was... I mean, these are the things that I grew up watching, and he's going to be on Herpentine this week, so that's going to be a pretty memorable show. Uh, I wouldn't miss it if I if I were you guys. Um, some of the other things I wanted to mention besides uh, Herpentine is this upcoming Sunday is the White Plains Reptile Expo. And I will be there vending, as well as several of the sponsors. So definitely check out the White Plains show if you uh, are going to be in the area. All right. And also one other thing, to people that are, have ordered geckos, for me it's just too cold to ship this week. So hang tight. All right. One last thing before we get started is if you are into geckos, You have to join the Gecko Forums. It is the place to go. Check this out.
0: Did you know that since 2006, there's been a treasure trove of history and information on leopard geckos and other species? Well, Gecko Forums is the most extensive database of leopard gecko history on the web right now. Take a look and delve into the past, present, and future of this great community. The biggest contributors, breeders, and hobbyists have left their mark there. Now it's your turn. Look, learn, and post away. Need a place to post animals for sale? Look no further. Visit geckoforums.net and become a member today. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to be the official radio show associated with Gecko Forums.
1: All right. Looks like we've got some, uh, some guests lining up in the chat room. Cool. Uh, Martian McGinnis, Steve Barker, Angela, Brooke, uh, a bunch of guests. Cool. Uh, Steph? Nice. Um, usually I play the sponsor plug at about this point, but I want to I want to verbally do each plug tonight because I want to just mention some special things about each one of our sponsors. Uh, keep in mind, the sponsors for Gecko Nation Radio are people that I stand behind, people that are just known for being excellent, just businesses, breeders in the community, all right? Uh, it's not one of those situations where, you know, you buy your sponsor, sponsorship and I'm going to tell the world that you're great even if I don't know you. And These are people that are well-known and just excellent sources for their animals and products. So number one, Dale's Bearded Dragons has been with us since the beginning. You can check them out at www.dalesbeardeddragons.com. They're the largest reptile supply distributor at all the East Coast shows pretty much, in the Northeast that is. And uh, their website is getting a complete revamping because uh, they're expanding. They're not just doing shows. They're going to be selling products online, and uh, their business is doing very well. So that's great. And they'll be at the White Plains show coming up, of course, on Sunday. Uh, abdragons.com is your source for duvia roaches. They are the biggest and best source for these little critters for your uh, insect-eating reptiles. And they also sell flexwat heat tape. They do a special discount for gecko nation radio listeners and it's the code is gecko g-e-c-k-o and it's five percent off your order and you can use that at checkout and that's good for a or for your roaches so definitely take advantage premium insect chow you guys all know marcy sours um, excellent product excellent chow it's taken the entire industry by storm and it is hyped up and the hype is real this stuff is amazing so definitely check out Marcy's chow. And we all want to send some positive energy towards Marcy because she just underwent surgery and uh, she's actually in recovery now. So Marcy, we hope we're get, hope you're getting better. Uh, hope you're in full, full force soon. Uh, gecko boa reptiles, that's John Scarborough. Talk about a class act. This guy has amazing geckos, just knowledgeable, knows everything about them. He'll never... Bumble on a question if you have, you know, anything to ask about his, his animals and his, his, uh, his lines. He updates his for sale list pretty much every day. And he has all the different subspecies for uh, leopard geckos, which is really cool. So check out gecko Boa, or sorry, geckoboareptiles.com. And uh, we have some new sponsors. Supreme Gecko, Wally Kern, another leader in the gecko community does a lot of selfless things, gives back to the community. Check him out. Check out his site, www.supremegecko.com. He's always doing something cool, giving something away, just acknowledging new hobbyists. He's got this new thing where he uh, basically acknowledges a new person that's in the community that's trying to make a name for themselves and gives them the spotlight. And I believe uh, Jay Rivera was, uh, his, is going to be his most recent Uh, interview. So check that out. Uh, Rainbow Mealworms. The largest worm farm in the world. All right. And the best, I might add. That's where I get all my worms from. That's where Ron Schremper gets all his worms from. Got to check out RainbowMealworms.net. There is no RainbowMealworms.com. It's RainbowMealworms.net. All right. A couple more. (laughs) I'm actually turning down sponsors at this time because or else the show will be all advertisements, and I will never do that to you. All right, Ohio Gecko, excellent source for fat tails, tangerines, really cool tangerines, and some very unique snow projects. Check out OhioGecko.com. That's run by Fad. and he's also uh, the person that runs Gecko Farms, so that's pretty cool. Our newest sponsor that I'm really excited about is the best, reptile shipping company in the country Reptiles Express just signed up for a year sponsorship which is awesome so I mean that's the shipping company I've been using since I started shipping my reptiles and Reptiles Express is by far the best if you're confused about the shipping process call them up ask for Debbie she'll help you through it it's very simple and she's just a great person to deal with talk about customer service this place is amazing. So check out Reptiles Express, everybody. All right. I'm not going to waste any more time. And we're going to go ahead and bring on John F. Taylor. He is the writer and for Herp House Magazine, Reptile Farming. He is just an awesome guy. Let's go ahead and grab him. John F. Taylor, you are live on Gecko Nation Radio.
2: Dave, how are you, sir? Doing well. How are you, bud? Doing well, doing well. Enjoying the uh, snow and ice and various other seasons I've experienced in Canada.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. It's cold up there. Are you on a speaker, by the way?
2: I'm
1: sorry? Are you on a speaker? Yes, sir. All right. Would you mind coming around the landline more? Because it's kind of hard to hear you. There we go. How's that? Better. Much better. Okay, cool. Uh, John, for the audience and for the listeners, tell us a little bit about what you do. Let's, let's basically get the, get the nation up to speed with who the tribe is and all that good stuff.
2: Um, basically, I started Reptile Apartment um, with the idea of, that I wanted people to have access to free information on how to properly take care of reptiles. And mm-hmm. then it was a necessity for me because I lived in a two-bedroom apartment and had 50 species of reptiles that I thought this might be something of interest to other people of how to live in a, you know, an apartment setting with the various sets of reptiles that were appropriate for a rep, for an apartment. Mm-hmm. Meaning you don't want to keep a 20 foot, you know, Burmese python in a two bedroom apartment. That's probably <laughs> not a good idea. No. So what I was going to do was design this whole aspect of, I'm going to publish this book about how to keep reptiles in an apartment and I'm going to cover every reptile that you could ever possibly want to keep in an apartment setting in one book. Mm-hmm. Well, needless to say that book was about the size of the collegiate Webster's dictionary.
4: <laughs>
2: Obviously no one's going and no one in their right mind anyway is going to go out and purchase said book. And so I talked to a couple of my colleagues, and they're like, well, you know, you could split it up into beginner, intermediate, and advanced. Okay, yeah, that works. Oh, no, it doesn't, because now they've got to buy three books to get the entire collection, and that's, you know, I, I'm not a marketing guy. I just, I don't see selling them three books to get the information that I want to give to them. And then... Uh, So we let that go, and basically I just forgot the whole thing. Uh, Fast forward, I left the pen industry, jumped into, um, for lack of a better term, call center marketing on the higher end. Meaning I was calling uh, what they call C-level contacts and selling them. Billion-dollar pieces of equipment that they probably really didn't need, but we were good salespeople, so we did it anyway. And uh, wasn't really happy with it. Uh, Probably sabotaged myself in that career. Most uh, definitely did. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Was (laughs) essentially terminated from said career. (laughs) And that was the realization that, um, okay, we're either going to make Reptile Apartment Group go or we're not. Let's make it happen. (laughs) Next thing I know, uh, within a year after that happened, I am now residing in New Brunswick, Canada, and am relatively successful. I'm living my entire dream of pub- publishing uh, in regards to pediculture. And uh, most recently, we, um, our magazine beat out the longest print-running magazine in existence today in regards to reptiles. And we are a digital magazine
4: that's, so that's awesome.
2: uh that's a that's a pretty large accomplishment to me
4: mhm absolutely
2: so that's uh that's pretty much us in a nutshell uh cool. that doesn't even go into the aspects of my fiance Rebecca who is now essentially the head of the reptile apartment group uh since I moved to canada uh she's you know pretty much taken over and done the entire content director and is directing content and a publishing in her own right and doing various graphic works and just a huge undertaking on her part um, with me and moving on to the publishing, which, you know, we'll get into later, but is with James Tintel and Cold Bullet Publishing we'll be publishing the update to the Euromastics book, which I originally published with TFH in, uh, I believe it was 2009. That that was last published.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm sure it wasn't, I'm sure it wasn't easy getting to where you are, right? We could talk about this later on in the show. Um, I guess, you know, the road to any success is usually lined with failures over and over. And, uh,
2: I mean, oh I'm sure boy, you've had your yeah. set
1: of setbacks. Yeah,
4: yeah. but that
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah I've, I've had uh, though, I've right? definitely had a lot of failures. That's for sure. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of failures along the road. This wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's so funny to hear people talk about the overnight success, and, uh, and then when you talk to the entrepreneurs and things that all, other people are consider overnight success they're like yeah my overnight success took me 20 years or (laughs) yeah my overnight success took me eight years Yeah, you know and, and they talk about that kind of thing and you know i've had a couple you know of detractors talk to me you know and actually call me out publicly and say you know oh well you know his overnight success is just because of spamming this that and the other thing And it's like, yeah, no, my overnight success took me, you know, 13 years of building up a tribe, uh, building up an audience that, you know, agreed with what I said and what I was doing and how I went about things and, you know, and finding those persons to identify with for the past 13 years. And then after the – past uh, 10 years you know that's when I finally developed you know the reptile apartment and felt comfortable enough to even say that you know hey this is what I even think you know that took me 10 years to even get to that point of just listening to people and recognizing their authority you know because I was in in the midst of you know persons like Bob Applegate Ron Tremper, uh, Dr. Robert Sprackland, you know, I mean, these guys, they, they wrote herpeticles are Tom Crutchfield, Marcia McGinnis,
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, these people are sitting there and they're talking to me like, you know, you and I are talking now. I just, you know, yeah. would go up to them and meet them at a show and they would just share information uh, I think it was like the second show that I met Bob Applegate. Uh, he said, "Hey, you're a member of the uh, San Diego Herpological Society, aren't you?" I was like, "Well, yes, sir, I am." You know, that's where I first met you. And he's like, "Well, don't you uh, edit the newsletter or something like that?" Well, yes, sir. You should come up to the ranch. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's like. Here's my here's my card, you know. You you just give me a call, and you come up to the ranch, and next thing I know, I'm at Bob Applegate's ranch, and I'm you know, handling the world's largest Mexican beaded lizard in captivity,
1: named That's Fernando. You
2: know,
1: so there is I'm, like a there's like a networking component to everything too, and it takes time to, to make these connections, right?
2: Oh my gosh. It, and it takes so much effort and time. And mm-hmm. that's, that's one of the biggest things that I try to get across to people today is when I go into these forums or into these groups, like a uh, couple, of, for instance, I believe it's region reptiles, and then uh, there's my buddy Dustin Odie. Uh, uh, Dustin Odie runs another reptile group. Uh, that I belong to, that actually invites beginners. And it, when they invite beginners, they ask, a beginner can come to anyone in those groups. Uh, Retail Owners of Canada is another one that mm-hmm. beginners can come into and say, hey, you know, I have this, you know, Chinese water dragon, and – you know, I'm not really sure about the substrate because the pet store told me this, but my other friend told me this, and then I'm reading this magazine article, but then I read this book that said this, and they're totally confused, and these different groups are like, hey, it's okay. We've all been there. You know? Yeah. Here's what my experience is, and then you'll have like 10 or 15 people, you know, share their experiences And then the person who's asking the question is like, okay, well, gosh, you guys all have these various experiences. Who do I listen to? And we'll all tell them, you know what, it's basically take what everybody agrees on and use it and try it out. And if it works, great. We all know that that works because we're all learning together. You know, these are all of our experiences. So you've got to pick and choose, you know, and try things out. There's nothing right. written not, in concrete that you know is ever a thousand percent.
1: No, no, of course not. All right. Well, we're going to segment into the news now, and then we're going to get in after news. We're going to get into the full interview with you, John, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Very cool. As you Me guys. Too. All right, every, everybody out in the chat room. It is time.
3: Good evening, Gaconians.
1: There
3: he is. What's up, Steve? <laughs> What's going
1: on? Not much. How you doing?
3: Uh, pretty good. I uh I uh got some eggs yesterday from the Milii. Really? Yeah, and they they look like they might be fertile. There's a, a just oh, a pink, awesome. a slight pink glow to them. So hopefully. And I
1: just asked you about that too. Yeah.
3: Right? Yeah. That's yeah, cool. so I I was pretty happy when I saw them. <laughs> nice.
1: That's great.
3: Yeah. All right. All We're on right.
2: with John Taylor tonight. Hi, John. Hello, sir. How are you?
3: Good, how are you? Good, good. All right. Um, there's a lot of legislation going on. And oh, you no. can Yeah. You can keep yes. up with it on US Arc www.usarc.org so i'm just going to run through there's various states and they're all different stuff here so wisconsin has a bill coming up where department of natural resources i'm just going to give you just a quick rundown you know just a basic try to get to the point of the law the most important part the department of natural Natural Resources' rulemaking will give them power to add any species of animal as harmful wild animal. That means that the Department of Natural Resource could list additional species as harmful wild animals without public input. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's horrible. Once this law goes in, they can just add anything they want. And
2: I'm sorry, you where would this again?
3: This is this in w- Wisconsin, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Then we're going to go to West Virginia, which there's two bills, and I'll get into the other one later for West Virginia. This one, the, propo- the propose of this bill is to prohibit the possession of wild and exotic animals, including herps, through a permit system providing rulemaking capability to authorities. Through rulemaking, legislatures can first set broad definitions and statutes, then create stricter regulations without public comment or awareness. So another one where... They They can just make it up as
1: they go along.
3: Yeah, once they get this in there, they can just basically do whatever they want with it. Then, of course, New York we mentioned before um any person owning possessing or harboring a wild animal or reptile capable of inflicting bodily harm upon a human being will be a class e felony which i'm not i'm not totally opposed of because to be honest with you you need to have you know the proper caging so you know, animals can escape. The public should not be affected by your animals. So I'm not, I'm not really opposed to that too much. But yeah. um, then, New Jersey, this bill requires every applicant for a permit to pos- possess a live potentially dangerous indigenous animal or a live potentially dangerous exotic animal to. A- obtain and provide proof of liability insurance in the amount of not less than $250,000 for each potentially dangerous animal prior to the issuance of the permit. So you're going to need, to, it didn't list what species or anything, but liability insurance for certain so species. If
4: so, if, yeah, if
1: you have a collection of, what, I don't know, 100 snakes or something, and they think that they're dangerous in some yeah. way, uh, that's, that's an insane amount of insurance for each one. Yeah,
3: yeah. That's
1: crazy. And that's, that's, I mean, who, we're not going to let this happen.
3: Who decides, you know, what's dangerous and, you know, because... Well,
1: that's, that's just it, you know?
3: Yeah. I mean, my neighbor freaks out over a garter snake out in the yard, so, you know... You never know. Yeah, yeah. Well, even a dog could be considered dangerous, I would think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, certain towns around me, you have to have liability insurance. My mother has to on her. She has two Huskies, and she has hmm, to have liability insurance on, on them. So it's not just hmm. us. We should okay. team up. We should team up with all the dog owners. and.
5: <laughs> we should,
3: yes. Yeah. Okay, and then back to back to West Virginia. Okay. New regulations dictating possession limits for reptiles and amphibians are now in effect. This law went into effect, and um, so this
2: one it. is done and over with. We can't. Yeah,
3: do. this one is done and over with. This is for native reptiles.
2: And is this Uh-oh. statewide?
3: I believe so. It just just says uh, West Virginia, so I'm assuming it is statewide.
2: Alright.
3: Uh basically you can only possess ten what? or let's see here. Where is it? Ten salamanders at a time. And there's ten species excluded. They only listed the ones they have listed excluded are Hellbenders, mud puppies. Uh, the endangered cheat mountain salamander, but there's 10. So there's an additional seven species that weren't listed in the article, but you're only allowed to, to possess up to 10 salamanders at a time. Um, frogs, you're allowed up to 20 bullfrogs or, or green frogs. Uh, let's see. Limit four snakes and lizards. And then there's there's more specific. Um ten turtles. Let's see. It it's quite a list. Okay, uh, well we
6: can we
1: can check that out, you know, yes. to, you know, for people that live there.
3: Okay, and then this is a horrible week for uh <laughs> news really.
4: It sounds like it, yeah.
3: Yeah, Uh, an article titled, Reptile Industry Concerned About Proposed Snake Ban. Reptile advocates are raising concern about a letter sent by 18 congressmen asking the Obama administration to place a national ban on five species of constrictor snakes, which we, we knew this was going on, but... Those in favor of the ban say it will keep the snakes from invading Florida's delicate ecosystem and destroying native animals and plants. They are looking to ban three species of anacondas, the reticulated python and boa constrictors. The congressmen Jeez. claim, yeah. The congressmen claim the snakes pose an unacceptable and preventable risk to the safety of the American people. That's what caught me in the article was that last sentence. Jeez, I know.
1: That's that's ridiculous.
3: Yeah. Mm. All right. And to our next horrible story. (laughs) A California teacher, William Buckman was arrested after authorities found hundreds of dead pythons in his home in Santa Ana, mm-hmm. California. There were more than 350 snakes in the house, and a more, majority of them were dead. And the house was infested with rats and mice. Jeez. Yeah, I that's terrible. That's, that's terrible. DFO pictures all over the internet of this, and it just makes us all look bad. I mean, it's they're calling him a hoarder and everything else, and I mean, I don't know his situation, but that it's doesn't look good for us, you know.
2: No, you know, if I could, if I could interject something right there, real quick.
4: Of course, of course, I John.
2: I, I do want to focus on is there's a couple of rescue organizations, and I know Orange County Rescue, and forgive me if I don't recall the other rescue that was involved with Orange County Rescue, is um, rescuing the ones that were able to be rescued, and they are working with uh, RACA, which is on the Facebook group. It's R-A-A-C-A, is also holding an auction to support uh, the rescued animals that are able to be rescued going out to public outreach educational facilities only, was my understanding of it, if I have it correct. And forgive me, Jordan Russell, if I have that wrong, it's RACA. It's on Facebook. It's R A A. No, you're right.
1: You're right. I, I remember that, John. You're right about that.
2: Yep. But, yeah, cool. um, the, um, I would like to pull the focus. I understand it was a negative on the herb industry, but we can make this a positive. And I do want to focus more towards a positive than, you know, Yeah, understand that it was a negative, but, you know, there can be a positive pulled out of this if we play our cards right. Absolutely.
4: And I
1: want to just jump yeah. in real
2: quick and say one thing. I want to give... Uh,
1: Give some kudos out to someone special that decided to take it upon herself to uh, donate an animal and r- raise some money for this particular cause, and that's uh, Miss Lovely Angela Smith. She's in the in the uh, chat room right now. Thank you, Angela, for doing taking the initiative and um, doing that for this cause. So go awesome. ahead, Steve.
3: you. go, Angela. Yeah. yeah. All right, and let's see more than. 1,600 reptiles and amphibians smuggled from Madagascar and destined for America's exotic pet trade were found dead in South America after their connecting flight was delayed. They were found while a routine inspection was going on. So, I I mean, that's... uh, I really you know i i don't i don't know why we need to import so much really. we have so much here you know we don't it's yeah. only
1: supplies you know this supplies those those sellers that sell wild caught stuff usually they all look dehydrated and half half dead, and they're basically in my opinion uh to disposable animals and i uh, and it's for people that can't afford captive bread stuff. So they try to circumvent that, and they get these animals. They never live long, usually, and uh, no. they're either infested with mites, parasites—you name
3: it—and yep.
1: uh, they're either—it's—it's—it's it's, it's sad. We're we're past that now. We have just like you said, yeah. we have yeah these animals it's, here. It's we don't here. need it.
3: They're all here. <laughs> I
1: mean. right? And there's good people breeding them.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. Well.
3: All right. So, our favorite TV channel. Animal Planet. Oh, wait, wait. It used to be our favorite TV channel. Right. So Animal Planet's Call of the Wild Man is under investigation for animal abuse. After allegations including evidence of using an animal that had been drugged with sedatives directing trappers to procure wild animals and other activities that had led to the death of at least one animal. The show was under investigation.
1: Okay.
3: Mm -hmm. Reality TV is not real. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
1: people. Seriously, stop watching it.
3: Yeah, it's brainwashing everyone. People look at it. Instead, There you go. <laughs> and I'm going to read this article directly, because it's not my opinion, even <laughs> though I'm not a fan. So, this is you the guess? title. Justin Bieber is a reptile. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Okay? Fox Wait, News... Yeah, this is good. Fox News provided evidence that Justin Bieber is e- is either a demon or part lizard. A video floating around the web from his arraignment in Miami shows his eyes changing from one set to a completely different set. This is undeniable proof that he is a demon from hell sent to destroy our world. One terrible single at a time. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I,
1: really? had,
3: I had to do it. I <laughs> know. Oh, <laughs> like I said, I'm gonna, Not my opinion. This.
1: <laughs> right. Let me let me just add something to this. Of course, it sounds ridiculous, ridiculously silly, and I and I don't believe it either. But just let's just use our imagination for a second, and let's let's pretend we don't, you know, that we that we have an open mind about things and this is, this is is just for fun, everybody. Imagine if, okay, there is, now, you know, we all have, we have, we have octopus on this planet that can literally change their form and their color in an instant. An octopus can literally look like anything in a split second, right? Now we all know that there's genetic research going on to try to get people to be able to grow back limbs like salamanders do and, they're actually literally working on these types of technologies. Imagine if there's some kind of uh, culture or alien race out there that's a million years ahead of us in technology. Wouldn't they be able to genetically make themselves, be able to transform themselves in an instant? And if that were the case, and if you subscribe to the ancient alien theory, if they are already here, this that could certainly well be completely true. But... There's a lot of factors that need to come into place before you can even believe in something like that. But I'm just just putting that out there for your imagination and for fun. So, but I don't necessarily <laughs> believe it either. Oh, go ahead.
3: Okay, I'm going <laughs> to add to that because there uh, there really? there is believed to be a, a humanoid reptile community living in California. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know I if you've ever heard that before. For a so, maybe he's just part of that community. He might know.
1: be, and and we can't be racist against them, right? Oh
3: no, I, I wouldn't want to be. No, you know, they
1: they deserve to live too.
3: Absolutely, as long as they're not keeping us as pets.
4: Right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but that that was our last story, <laughs> and um, I didn't come up with a fake story this week.
1: That's okay. We'll get it next time. No sweat. Um, I do, I do hear something in the background. Do you hear something, Steve? I hear it. Yeah.
3: And now a moment in herp history. Okay, on August 21st, 1957, in South Orange, New Jersey, the title of the article is, Law Says Jojo, Six-Foot Boa, Has to Go-Go. The long arm of the law has finally curled around Jojo, a six-foot boa constrictor who has been run out of two towns in less than a week. The six-year-old reptile was sentenced yesterday to a lifetime stretch at the nearby Nature Museum. JoJo first came to public notice last week when the Board of Health in Clifton ordered his owner, Abraham Kevitt, to remove the animal from his home and get it out of town. So this was in August August 21, 1957. Wow, so interesting. It, we've been we've been fighting for a long time. Yeah, Well, we're
1: not going to give up anytime soon.
3: Absolutely,
1: no doubt. All right, cool. Steve, tell us what's going on in your uh, in your uh, collection, uh, real quick, if you don't
3: mind. Um, I got a lot of up and coming geckos that uh, I'm really excited about and. A ton of lockups with the with the snakes and and then the those are my first eggs of the season were the milii, which you know they kind of set me off pretty good I think <laughs> absolutely
1: yeah yeah That's cool keep an eye on her she's probably going to lay more too
3: yeah oh yeah yeah
1: nice. you can chat with Marsha she's in the in the group if you have some questions she's in the chat <laughs> all
3: right cool. Cool. alright cool
1: Steve thanks a lot for the news tonight and we will see you again next week
3: I'll see you give there out your
1: information. give out your information yeah.
3: check me out at on Facebook and YouTube at BC Barker Creations
1: awesome have a good night Steve you too alright John we were before we did the news, we were you were telling us you told us about basically where you where you are right now with uh, the magazine and uh, your your writings. Um, let's, I, I think it'll be interesting to talk a little bit about some of the struggles that we all uh, have leading up to any successes. Uh, and I'm just I'm not going to steal the thunder from you, but I just will say that um, you know I I have my own goals. For the her community, and you know, doing the best I can with this radio show is certainly one of those. And there's been failures up until this point. I mean, yes, this show is successful, but I've had my share of failures as well. Uh, my last uh, radio show failed. It was it went great, and then there was an issue, and it fell apart. And now, and it, but it, you know, I learned from these things, and yeah. it, I'm sure you did too. So I'd, I'd love to, and I'm sure the audience would love to hear about some of the struggles that got you. To where you are if you don't mind
2: Oh yeah, no totally I. Oh my gosh How many times have I failed um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, The first I guess the biggest instance of Failure for me Was Listening to parties That Claimed to know what they were doing And Probably didn't know What they were doing but they had a they they sold me on the, the they sold me on the dream that they knew, so mm-hmm. I bought into it. Um, a lot there's a lot of information out there for free, but you got to be careful about where it comes from. Um, there's a lot. Um, there's a commercial running here in Canada right now. Uh, and I don't know if it's running in the States, but it talks about, you know, why is it that if we think we can look it up, that we can automatically do it? And it's a, it's about real – it's a realtor commercial, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But it, mm-hmm. it's very true. A lot of people – and it's very interesting coming from the U.S. to Canada because I'm introducing a lot of different aspects that were – Never even thought of here. And to me, it's just common knowledge that, you know, oh, for, you know, desert animals, you use washed play sand. Well, no, we Mm -hmm. use tiles, and we don't ever use any substrate. We just use, you know, ceramic tiles because, you know, a washed play sand causes impaction. Mm
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, no. I've been using wash play sand for 12 years, and I've never seen an infection in my life.
4: Yeah. You
2: know, if you, if you provide, you know, just different aspects of, you know, humidity and hide boxes, and, you know, depending on what geckos or lizards you're keeping, you know, it's all these different small intricacies that were never thought of before. And then I will meet people here in Canada that are keeping things that I never even dreamed of, and they're like, What I have been keeping these things for years. You've never seen these. Oh my gosh, where have you been under a rock?
4: <laughs>
2: and I'm like, Are you kidding me how How have you been keeping these things where Where have you been all my life? you know and it's like, um one of the biggest things about Canada. Very polite, very polite community.
1: I know, I can tell.
2: It's um, a very drastic change from the U.S. A very drastic. That, you
1: have a uni- you have a very unique perspective because you grew
2: up here in the United States
1: and you've been <laughs> living in Canada now. How long have you been in Canada now? Uh,
2: for a year now.
1: Whole year, yeah. okay. Yeah. So yeah, I the
3: you know, one of the 40s.
2: things
1: I wanted to hold on, John. One of the things I wanted to touch yeah. on was, you know, some of the differences between that you've seen between the herp community and the United States. And if you'd like to elaborate on that, that'd be great.
4: Yeah,
2: that's one of the things. You know, is I, you know, born and raised in the U.S. You know, for forty plus years. We won't go into mm-hmm. how old I am, but <laughs> forty plus years I was in the U.S. and then I, you know, flew up here to Canada and. Um, A lot of the herb herb communities change in regards to what's allowed and and what isn't allowed. For example, I had a huge variety of animals, whether they be reptiles, mammals, or even plants that I could keep in the U.S., I come to, you know, here in New Brunswick where I, you know, live now, and, uh, it, for example, the Kendoia. I cannot keep Kendoia uh, species, which is the viper boas, here in my specific province. Now, if I move out of this province into another province, which, you know, may be a couple hours away, I may be able to keep that species.
4: So they were banned?
2: So, I'm sorry?
1: Those particular boas were banned where you are?
2: Yeah. yeah. For some reason, here in the locality of New Brunswick, kendoya is not allowed. Interesting. But in the province of Nova Scotia, it, it and I may be mistaken. I believe it's Nova Scotia is allowed and New Brunswick is not. I know I can't keep them here in New Brunswick for sure. I'm not positive about uh, Nova Scotia. But I believe in Nova Scotia you can keep the Kendoya, uh, which is the Viper boa, or Pacific Island or New Guinea boas, or whatever you want to call them.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> but literally four hours away in... New Brunswick, I can't keep the same species. So it's really bizarre. And uh, emerald tree boas, we can keep an emerald tree boa in New Brunswick, but we can't keep a green tree python in New Brunswick.
1: Oh, my God, that's weird. And,
2: And so it's, like, really super bizarre, and it's really difficult to get used to When I come from, you know, I can essentially keep whatever I want. Right. Uh, Comparatively speaking, you know, because down, you know, in the United States where I live in in San Diego, I can keep emerald tree boas, green tree pythons, yellow spotted night lizards, um, kendoia, basilisk, you know, whatever... Essentially, almost anything that I wanted, really. And then, uh, outside of crocodilians, um, I don't think that there was anywhere local where I was in, you know, in the U.S., in California and San Diego, where crocodilians were allowed to be kept. But I could be mistaken, too. I just never got into even thinking about keeping crocodilians. But then you get up here to Canada, and it's like, That's a common thing. It's like everybody's got a crocodile in their basement. It's like, crocodile Really in Canada? Yeah. You know, it's like, wait a minute. You guys are like, you know, 10, 12 feet of snow. And you guys are keeping crocodiles and alligators like they're... And turtles, you know, like (laughs) red-eared sliders are like... um, a nemesis over in Toronto area where my buddies um, at Little Rescue, Mark willette <clears throat> he's written several articles on Canada's love-hate relationship with the Red-Eared Slider because ferns, uh, that's another example. In the United States, no turtles, at least to my understanding, and I'm not, Please do not quote me on this, anyone. This is the way I understand it, so I'm just stating it as I understand it. No turtle under four inches of shell length can be sold unless to an educational or scientific facility. That is the way I understood the law, to be written. Whether or how that's enforced, not my issue. That's the way I understand it. However, here in Canada, we walk into a pet shop and there's, you know, silver dollar, or smaller sized red sliders regularly sold. I flipped when I saw that the first time. I was like, oh, my God, what are you guys doing? You guys can't sell those. That's illegal. Oh, my God, what are you doing? And my wife was, you know, my fiance was like, no, it's okay here. And I'm like, it's okay here? What do you mean it's okay here? Kids keep those things, you know, and I was going on, and she was like, no, really, we, that's... And that's when it dawned on me, because I mean, I had read Mark, you know, and I worked with Mark Willett over at Little uh, Little Rescue and stuff, and saw his collection of turtles and rescues and all this stuff, and I guess it really didn't hit me until I actually went into the pet shops here and saw what he was up against. And it was like, oh, my God. These things are just like, you might as well just throw them out in the street and have kids pick them up and take them home. I mean, that's how political things are. And that's just the way it's very strange to me. You know, coming from the United States where, you know, in the pet shops that I was part of, you couldn't sell anything over, you know, under four inches. And coming here and there's tanks of 30 of them that are under four inches and you're able to buy them for, you know, five, ten, fifteen bucks.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. Let me ask you this about breeders. Yeah. Um, the dynamic with uh, with breeders here in the United States uh, lately is there's a lot of competition. Um, in order, really, to make make a, a name for yourself, you really gotta stand out in the crowd. You have to definitely uh, acquire really good genetics, really good animals, and such. And there's there's definitely definitely certain things that behind the scenes that just you have to learn along the way in order to be successful. Uh, up in Canada, what do you notice about breeders and and um, the dynamic as far as new people coming on board that want to pursue making their hobby into a breeding business, a breeding business, so to speak? What do you, what differences do you see along that along that route, John?
2: You know, what was really interesting that you bring that up, is <laughs> because I I think of immediately uh, my buddy uh, Addie Haig from five foot. Uh, 16 Exotics, which I met at uh, the Canadian Reptile Breeders Expo when I was up here to talk in, oh, gosh, I want to say 2012, and it might have been 2011. I'm sorry, Grant Crosswood, I can't remember. Anyway, I was up here to talk, and that was one of the questions that I asked Addie during my interviews, you know, was what, you know, what does it take to be a breeder here in Canada? You know, what does it take to, you know, make your name? And he replied automatically with what Grant Crossman had told me was, we're here at the show, and that's all this is. This is just a show. This is just to present what I'm capable of producing. I'm not here to sell you anything if you happen to buy something, hey, that's fabulous. If you don't, you pick up a card, you talk to me later, that's awesome. I made a new friend.
1: So it's not so cutthroat, so to speak. It's more of just still like, like friendly people, breeding and, and for the fun of it, more or less, and for their interest.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's something that, I think, is missing today in the U.S. for pediculture, unless you are part of the tribe or part of, you know, the Gecko Nation, you know, wherein we have that certain inner circle that we talk to that all of us know one another because we've done well by one another. You know, whether that's, you know, I've recommended you, Because, hey, you know, so-and-so was looking for this specific type of gecko, and I knew you had it. I trusted you because you've, you know, done well by me in the past, or for whatever reason. I recommended you to that guy, and that guy was happy, you know. And now we've just created, you know, another smaller circle, and then that circle expands out. To further, you know, whether you call it a nation, a tribe, an audience, a thousand true fans, whatever you want to call it, it's just building up the positive people in the industry. And when you build up the positive versus the negative, and I'm not saying don't recognize the negative. We have to. We have to accept it. It's going to happen. But... When we promote the negative, either social networks of saying, "Oh my God, look at this guy; he was a hoarder," or look at this person. Oh, well, I knew so and so was shady, but I never said anything because I didn't, you know, my reputation wouldn't stand up. Well, oh,
1: let me jump in on. Let me jump in there for a second, John. <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> I t- I take pride on the fact that I haven't had one and not one person that's ever acquired an animal for me has ever complained about it. I haven't had one issue yet in the three plus years that I've been selling my geckos. My first right. year and a half or so, I didn't really sell much. Um, we, we, When I first started, I uh, made the mistake I bought some animals and I noticed that they weren't doing well. They would die on me and they came from a particular source and, um, I was so scared to go on the b o i and uh you know put my put my uh my issues out there i was so you know I was so concerned my my image and my 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 reputation is everything to me, and I didn 't feel comfortable calling someone out or uh, making accusations so to speak, and
4: just mm-hmm. basically drawing
1: all that negative energy towards me in the beginning when i 'm trying to establish you know, David's fine geckos. And so I never did anything about it. And, you know, it comes up occasionally where people will buy animals from a breeder, they don't do well, or something happens, the transaction isn't good for some reason, and the people are afraid to come out. And I understand that completely and it's it's very difficult. Um, What would you say to somebody that's in that position? Because I actually know someone that's going through something similar right now. And what would you tell somebody that's uh, got an issue like that and that (coughs) wants to come forward and you know, is, is nervous about it, perhaps.
2: Well, you know, I say if they buy the animal, you know, and it shows up in an incorrect manner, you know, because this happened, you know, and we discussed it on uh, Reptile Apartment, and I believe it was Reptile Apartment Canada as well, about the whole incident that was in regards to the snake and the socks and, you know, whatever would happen. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, okay, great, somebody did did wrong by you, I got you, I understand that, take it up with them, mm-hmm. that's, that's the initial thing right there, take it up with them personally.
1: And what now, if you don't get anywhere with that person now? Because that's now, what happened to me, I didn't get anywhere. No, if you don't get anywhere, anywhere
2: with, that, with that person personally, then if it's a business transaction, meaning that this is between not just, you know, John Taylor, you know, and, you know, Al Pacino, you know, and it's oh, between. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's between <laughs> retail Apartment and, you know, DreamWorks Productions, then that's two different aspects as well. You know, because if it's just between two personal people, then that's different than business to business. And that's where I think a lot of people get confused as far as the BOI or whatever that board of – I don't even understand actually what it is. I just know it's a place where a bunch of people go and run their mouths about a lot of other people
1: pretty much but thing, of, we, the we, thing we,
2: is you know <laughs> is okay if it's a business transaction then you should have a lawyer handle the situation if you made initial contact and said hey we agreed to this you provided this and this is not acceptable and here's my contact and you never contacted me back as soon as that transaction takes place It immediately goes to a lawyer after that. If it's a personal transaction and this is a friend of yours or, you know, someone that's related to you in the family, second, third cousin, whatever, what have you, well, you're probably going to eat it on that one just because you don't want to piss out the family.
1: And it's so hard to prove certain things with animals, too, like, you know, you could acquire an animal, and you know, it could eat a bad cricket and get sick, or it, you know, yeah. it really takes. There's, there's so many different ways that, um, you know, it could be. I don't know. The, the, it just won't add up, and it's unfortunate. And um, and speak, speaking of BOIs, though, I just want to mention. Yeah. Uh, Marcy Marcy Sowers has put together uh, a really good uh, good way of uh, reporting such things, and you actually, it's you know, and giving positive feedback as well. She has a group on Facebook called Reliable Reptile Reviews, which is not so. It's not oh, a site really? where you just go on and you don't just go on and complain. You actually there's protocol to follow, and it's actually really it's run really well. So congratulations, Marcy, on that. But uh, go ahead, John. Right on,
2: man. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. <clears throat> you know, and the thing is, with uh, the Information boards and things like that It's like You know We we really have no Identification with this person who's Reporting this other Individual I mean do we actually right. know who this Person is? Have we ever Dealt right. with that other individual? You know and that's what my thing is It's like if I Ever had a problem And I I have yet Honestly to this day have ever had an issue with anyone that I've ever dealt with in her pediculture just because of who I choose to deal with. When I order, when I call somebody, and I mean, I've literally had the tribe, you know, come out of the woodwork. I mean, somebody, somebody was looking for, oh, my God, some freaking obscure damn reptile. I don't even remember what it was. And I sent a message to a couple of my tribe members, and they were like, how many do you need? You know, and this person worked at his zoo, and he was like, dude, I've been searching for this stuff for, like, three years. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I should have friend requested you earlier. I don't know. I mean, just... But it takes time to develop these relationships. And that's why I don't like the BLI in the forums and, you know, oh, this person is an a-hole because... You know, when I bought a bent-toed gecko, the toe was bent the wrong way. I mean, come on, really? I mean, some of the stuff is just ridiculous. Because I've actually went and read some of the, you know, forums, and some of the complaints are just really just bizarre. Mm -hmm. So my personal take on it is work with those you know, that you see at the shows. When you see them at the show, ask around. Ask about them. Their reputation will stand. I mean, when I used to do, before I would interview anybody, I would ask around the shows, hey, do you know about so-and-so? Do you know about so-and-so? And, you know, if everybody knew who I was asking about, then I would go out to that person and say, hey, you know, everybody likes you. I'd like to interview you. Find out who about you are. You know, talk to yep. me. You know, and what have you. And then when I would interview that person, that person would therefore be someone that I would recommend because I liked their style. I liked how they, you know, did business and what have you. And then that would... Later on, transform into (coughs) other people being introduced to that person, and it just progresses further and further out until you build a network of people that are trusted. And and you never have to go to a forum or anything else. You just ask your friends. You know who's breeding this? Who's breeding that? That's I was thinking that maybe.
1: yeah, no, I was thinking that maybe this would be a good, so good topic for you to write an article about perhaps and uh, maybe get some feedback from some people out there. It seems like something that, you know, people will will uh, will embrace. I, I think at some point or another, it's just statistically, you know, you're going to get an animal that just isn't well, and um, it hurts. It, it's something that hurts you when you see animals suffer and, you know, especially die slowly from illness. It really it really messes with you. It gets you upset. It, it gets you upset, and um, you know it, it certainly angered me for a long time. And I I I didn't always respond to it. I I did my best to handle it the best way I could, but it, it still upsets me. But I don't always. I have to censor myself more, I guess. But you know, it when when you get emotional when when pets die on you, and you make uh you know you you just watch it happen. It, it sucks. It really does. I think a lot of people will will embrace an article like that and be able to relate to it maybe gain some insight. But uh, I, I think we should switch gears a little bit and uh, um, talk about, like, I want to talk more about the magazine and, you know, what, what is your vision for, for Herp House magazine? And w- we were talking a little bit about your most, um, your most uh, read articles. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about Herp House magazine in particular and some of the most popular things about it I'd like to hear. Yeah, oh, and well, don't forget to touch on Marcy's article, too.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Don't forget to touch on Marcy's article. Um, <laughs> gosh. Her house was basically born out of the need to uh, produce a magazine that wasn't all about the um, advertisements Basically, what had happened is I grabbed a copy of a a regularly printed magazine in regards to reptiles, went home, and started reading it, really was into this article, and then I got really, really, it was probably an OCD moment for me, but I, like, freaked Mm -hmm. out that I had to, like, flip five pages to get to the end of the article to find out that I couldn't keep this reptile that I wanted to keep because the enclosure would take up half the size of my living room. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that right away because I had to flip through five pages of advertisement to find out this information.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I, out I was out I was upset. I was like, OCD, oh my God, world ending, everything melted apart, you know, it was just Ugh. Couldn't hack it. I immediately decided that's it. I'm going to design a magazine without any advertisements. Well, yeah, sure. That's awesome. Brilliant. <laughs> How are you going to print that one, genius? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Um, aha the internet. I'll make it digital. (laughs) Right. How are you going to do that? (laughs) I have no clue. But I'll figure it out. (laughs) And it essentially grew out of necessity. I literally went around for eight months before the original edition came out and asked God 15 different breeders and, you know, named people that I could possibly find. You know, hey, would you be interested in writing this article about, you know, this animal that you breed often? Yeah. Awesome. I'm just going to give you a business card size ad in the back of the magazine, and that's it because I can't pay you because I'm broke. Okay, well, two weeks before publication rolls around, I start calling people and they're like, oh, were you serious? Um, yeah, kind of. I wasn't, did I look like I was kidding? You know, and they're like, oh, because damn, I didn't think you were serious. I don't have anything ready. Oh, okay. Next thing I know, I'm calling like 15, you know, 30 other people that they were. Um, my one friend worked at uh, she was a animal presenter at a at a local L.A. zoo, uh, wrote about geckos for us. Uh, and now she's a full time comic book artist. Karina Bechko uh, was one of the first authors. Uh, Marsha McGinnis, I believe, was one of our first first authors with Bandit Geckos.
4: But, yeah, yeah,
2: you know, I had just this random tribe of people that came together and said, oh, my God, yeah, you need help? Sure, I can help you. And next thing I know, we're plugging away, you know, just producing issue after issue after issue. And then I meet uh, Kevin Osco, just out of the blue, he's like, you know, hey, I, you know, I really love reptiles, and I'd like to have you, you know, help you to produce, produce your magazine, and offer some, you know, design ideas and what have you. And uh, that was in the, tw- uh, volume one issue five, or twenty eleven. Uh, the annual I believe it was the twenty eleven annual that Kevin came in on, particularly with the design work, but uh yeah, he revolutionized everything we did as far as cover and design and then, in later in two thousand and twelve um I ended up adopting or purchasing a Macintosh computer which, once again, revolutionized the design work and what have you. And it would later come into, oh, my gosh, January of 2013, when I flew up to Canada and uh, met Rebecca, my fiance, And uh, she started playing around with some, and I still don't understand what she does, I just sent her article. <laughs> I just sent her the text, and she makes it look really just unbelievably bitching.
4: She she's does the like, editor
2: right uh, she's the she's the magician she's not even the editor man she's just, she like weighs <laughs> magic wands and does like weird stuff with like color fonts and backgrounds and page layouts That's awesome. Yeah. All right, John,
1: Hold on one second. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to get
2: back into uh,
1: we're going to get back into some other interesting questions I have for you. Just hang tight, Uh, everybody. uh, Check out these sponsors, and uh, we'll be right back.
0: Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Geckos creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by abdragons.com, is your source for the highest quality Dubia roaches. Whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps, abdragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt reptile heat tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out abdragons.com online and on Facebook. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Jow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms2ent.weebly.com or It can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. Rainbow Mealworms is the largest worm grower in the world and selling to the public since 1956. If you need the highest quality mealworms, superworms, and crickets for your pets, contact them at www.rainbowmealworms.net. Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need. From Exoterra, Zoo Med, RepCal, Fluker, and much, much more, and all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or message me on Facebook and I'll put you in touch with the owner. Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types from white and yellows to radars, amazing trempermorphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook.
1: Okay, everybody. We are back and in the second hour of the show, and we kind of went over over a little bit, but um, I'd like to open up the phone lines uh, for all the people that would like to call in and speak with uh, John and ask John or I a question, uh, this is your chance to do it. Uh, what we're doing tonight, for, special for the callers, is uh, tomorrow, either later on tonight or tomorrow, likely tomorrow afternoon, I'm going to put the names of the callers in a random name generator and pick a winner, and the winner is going to receive a free subscription to Herp House magazine, which is awesome. So, um, But before we do that, I just want to mention the new sponsors that we have, and that is uh, Reptiles Express is the biggest and best uh, shipping company for uh, reptiles. Excellent. I have to do a a full formal plug for them, but they're our newest uh, sponsor. So check out www.reptilesexpress.com. Also, we have Supreme Gecko. Wally Kern has amazing crested geckos, micro geckos, day geckos, even some leopard geckos, and just a a phenomenal person to deal with. And he also gives a lot back to the community, which I really, really like. I'm really big on giving back, and Wally certainly does a lot of selfless things for the reptile community. So I'm really happy to have Wally on board uh, with us. And, of course, OhioGecko.com. That's that. He also runs the gecko forums. So check out OhioGecko. He's got amazing tangerines, fat tails, snows. He's got his own morph called The Starburst Fat Tail. you got to check that out. That's really cool. All right. We're going to get back into the show now with John and everybody that would like to call in. The call-in number is 646-478-5331. Again, it's 646-478-5331. It will ask you press 1 to speak with the host, and you press 1, and then you can get on board. Um, I believe I have. I see a familiar number here that we can take. And uh, let's go ahead and, and take this call. Caller from the, from the 925 area code. You are live you, on the information radio.
7: Giant <laughs> <John> F. Taylor. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
7: Do you know who this is? Oh, no. <laughs> well, I no. not
4: know.
7: Well, I wasn't sure if I liked you very much, but then when I found out that you um, blew off that... Goody two-shoes over at Golden Gate Geckos for an interview and went with the one on Gecko Nation. I think you're okay in my book.
4: <laughs>
7: it's, too, it's too bad you had to run away across the border, though.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I have one of those crazy fans over there.
1: What, over wait, were the you talking,
2: John? <laughs> what's that?
1: Was the mean old gecko lady stalking you, John?
2: No, 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 no. What's the mean old gecko lady? What's some other crazy lady? Oh, okay.
7: (laughs) Well, you know, um, the only thing I want to make sure of is that when you refer to me as the mean old gecko lady, that you don't use O-L-D-E when you refer to me. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay, no
4: problem Don't
7: use the old English
2: spelling, got it
7: that that's right, and and I know that sometimes when people go across the border, that their spelling somehow gets a little bit twisted. But uh, but I won't hold it against you, especially now that I know that you know you you are um and you're supporting uh, the hobby. Uh, I would really like to write an article uh, for your magazine, but um, I'm not sure. How I could do it diplomatically because it would be about all the people in this hobby I
2: hate. You should just do it anyway. I publish
7: it. Well, I'm up for the challenge.
4: There you anyway, go.
7: um, I have to go now. Um, Alejandro has got a lemon drop martini waiting for me, so I'll listen to the rest of the show then. Good night.
1: Thank you, Good night. Good night, baby. <laughs> all right. That was the mean old gecko lady. She snuck through. I didn't know it was her, really. I thought oh it was somebody my else.
4: God.
1: Yeah. Oh. All right. We have some other callers here. I don't know if they're listening oh. or calling in. Let's let's go ahead and see. Um, all right. Caller from the 253 area code. You're alive on Gecko Nation Radio.
4: Hi. Hi,
1: Cole. Are you there?
6: yeah this this is elsa hey elsa how are you i'm still without the internet so i'm i'm just um um i am I'm, I'm just able to call in on declination uh oh, okay do you have, have a, do you have a question yeah i do um to, what what's wrong with de- you know, a, a little advertising, maybe not just as much. Uh, y- you know, sometimes uh people people like to, you know, get hurt magazines and things. Well, any kind of things like that, just just for the ads to find out, you know, where to buy things. Although you sure you sure have to also be careful of, what, you know, who advertises. it's not just because they got the money to advertise doesn't mean they have helped the animals, but. But you know, like, uh, you know, just I don't know, di- different things for sale, and and maybe something from ARC or something like that.
1: I think I understand what you're saying, um, yeah. John. I she's basically saying, like, um, kind of like how we do things here. Like, I don't have sponsors. I don't advertise for people that I don't fully uh, stand behind. So right, how right. How do you? How do you? Basically, do the advertising, and there's a little, there's a little bit of feedback, Elsa. So I'm going to let you go. We'll answer your
2: question off the air. Okay, just listen in. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So yeah, yeah John, you know, go ahead, tell us. Yeah, basically, what I'm looking at is, you know, when that when that person sends me an invitation to have them uh, have them advertise on the networks that I'm available to. You know, mm-hmm. I will actually check that person out. I will actually go and ask ask around, you know, hey, you know, to those that I trust, do you know about this person? Have you ever heard of this person? You know, whatever, what have you. And depending on those responses, that will be the gauge that I use to follow up with that person on whether they advertise on my networks or not. You know, and I'm not saying that my friends are the end-all, be-all. Of course, there's going to be times that my friends and I disagree. And there's been several times that, you know, my friends and I disagreed on, you know, this person's aspects of husbandry wasn't up to their particular standards versus my particular standards. You know, that's, that's okay. That happens, you know. You know, Mm -hmm. one person, you know, may use sand where the other person may, you know, say, oh, God, sand is, you know, the antithesis of any reptile keeping.
4: And that's okay.
2: (laughs) I can still associate with both people, right? you know. And when I recommend a customer to, you know, said person, I will let them know, hey, you know, going in, this is what I recommend but this person disagrees with me, and you can, you know, do as you see fit. I, you but you, know,
1: do, you, do, you do have a unique structure, though. When we were talking about, uh, you know, myself writing uh, some articles, you did say, though, that it's like a give-and-take thing where, you know, the people that write sure. the articles for you also get to promote themselves, you know, that way as well. So it kind of works out for both of them
2: parties correct? and that, and that was my whole thing, you know is okay, if you're gonna go ahead and write an article for me, then mm-hmm. of course i you know i if I trust you to write an to write for me, then I trust your business aspect of yourself to sell my customers' animals, you know, and mm-hmm. that's the reason that I chose you know people like marsha McGuinness. um you know, Marcy uh, from ms 2 Years. you know, yourself, uh, J.D. Hartzell, uh, James mm-hmm. Tennell, uh, Doug Mung, you know, all these different, uh, Tom Crutchfield, uh, Richard Mastermark, I mean, God, the list, uh, Larissa Lurid, the list goes on, you know. But these are all people that, you know, prior to them coming on board, I talked to them. In a group setting, or maybe a forum, or maybe I even talked to them in person and said, "You know hey, what do you you know talk to me about what you're selling me. Not that I ever bought anything from them at all, but I would ask them just you know to see how they would react. They didn't know I was part of Red hall apartment, they didn't know I was part of anything. I'm just Joe blow up the street right, and I would just walk up to the table and be like, "What is that?" what right. do I need to do to but
1: take you, care of that but you know you're you're in a position now where people um they, they you're basically a public figure in a sense so people are going to trust you and your opinions on certain things and you know you have your following so to speak so yeah. you know people that you rec- people that you recommend have to be on the ball because if something happens it's going to make you look bad so Very you know invest- right and that that's, that's a great way to do things i mean i'm an investigator by trade and I investigate everything, everybody that I associate with i I do a little checking up on it's just it's good it's good practice today because you really don't know if you don't know who to trust i mean I've had people that I think are terrific, and then out of nowhere they'll just screw me over somehow and i'm like, wow, yes. you know and it's so it, it's getting harder and harder to tell the good guys from the bad guys,
4: but it is you know
1: i appreciate yeah, I appreciate the steps that you take in order to keep your you know, you're a thing wholesome, so to speak. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. You know, like you you built up the Gecko Nation after how many years, you know?
1: Well, it's it's only been going... It's not not years. It's actually... The Gecko Nation is is young for its success. It's only... The group is only... It's got 1,200 or more people in it, and it's only a few months old. The show is only a few months old. So I built this following from my YouTube channel, which is about two years old, and... I spun off of my YouTube channel channel and got into radio. So I'm still in the beginning stages of building whatever my thing is going to be. I'm actually like maybe well, just a year behind, year or two behind you, perhaps.
2: Yeah. You know. You know. But but still, you're building that following. You know. Mm-hmm. And we recommend you know people that we that we personally dealt with were able to to, to share you know hey this person did right by me.
4: And you know what else I right like by,
2: very much? You know, they're going to do right by you.
1: Yes, and you know what else is good, John? In the end, eventually, what I find is the good people eventually find each other and link up
4: exactly. and form
1: those yeah, they form those valuable connections. And it's trial and error. You're going to, you know, have some falling outs with people. You're just not going to link up yeah. with certain people the right way, and it's just part of the game. But you can't – I don't think you should get upset over that. You should just look at that as your progression. and Yep. You know, be thankful that certain, you know, relationships didn't last so long and you know, you yep. were able to move on so to speak. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel about it. I'm impressed with what you're doing. I, I will tell you that, John. I um I, I see I see what you're putting together. I know what goes into this, I know how long it I know all the energy that goes into what you're doing, okay? Yep. I and I can see what I can see your vision and uh I think what you're doing is, is excellent. What do you see for the future? Uh, I'm going to ask you this question, and then I'm going to grab another caller here. What do you see sure. for the future of of Herp House at Magazine? Do you, and, and do you have any other um, things on, on your uh, horizon that you're looking to get interested in, into in also?
2: You know, for Herp House, I see it uh, growing out to be the, well, <coughs> I hope for it to be, the number one digital reptiles magazine out there, and the only digital reptiles magazine out there uh featuring all the articles that you normally don't see in the u s magazines and by that I mean the venomous articles, which typical u s magazines only will run that once a year they'll you know do a venomous special uh um, right. And there's just too much advertisement, and that goes for any mag- any print magazine today. And I'm not, you know, detracting against what they're doing. I get that they have to run those ads. I get yeah. that, you know, it costs money to print that paper and what have you. But at the same time, when your digital format is a direct duplicate of your printed format, yeah, no, I don't see paying, you know, what you're asking for that, which is, you know, what, fifteen bucks a month, so mm-hmm. I can get, a, so I can get digital format of the same print magazine. And you know, we're all about conservation because I'm not out there slaughtering trees. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. And it's all digital. I'm giving, we, actually, not just me, but my, you know, unpaid staff and I are giving you 99% content and one page of business cards. That's it, every issue. One page of business cards, and whether it's 60 pages or 20 pages, it's still one page of business card size ads. So what is that? And it's One good
4: two. content too.
2: I don't see anybody else publishing the content that we do, but you know that's just me. And you know I may be partial. You know who knows? <laughs>
1: mm, I don't think you would have gotten this far if you if you were partial. I think what you're doing is I think uh, I think you're you're onto something really good actually. And It's a different. You're you're going in a different direction than the norm as far as magazines go.
2: So and that's that's, that's what we originally wanted to do. And you know, when I came up and I sat down with Rebecca
4: and
2: you know, that that was a whole transition for us because I was looking at growing to Apartment Canada and wanted to grow it faster than it was growing. Um, and I had started talking to Rebecca and next thing I know She's like, well, yeah, that'd be brilliant, you know. You should come up here. We should sit down and, you know, map this whole thing out, talk about it, figure out what we're going to do, and we're just going to make it happen. And, uh, of course, I was caught up in the moment, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, <laughs> okay, when do you want to leave? When do I want to le- What? Well, yeah, you had to fly <laughs> out here. And I'm like well, yeah, oh, um, yeah, okay, well, all right, yeah, I'll be out there, you know, January, okay. Next thing I know, I'm, you know, living in Canada. (laughs) And I'm like, holy crap, this is crazy. And, you know, then we're, you know, uh, opening up a brick-and-mortar shop, and uh, design plans change, and engineers change, and contractors change, and I'm just trying to keep up with it now. And Rebecca's mostly taking over everything, and she's like, look, honey, see that? Yeah, that's a typewriter. You just go sit over here and write. Just, yeah, that's <laughs>
4: <honey.
2: laughs> that's good, honey, yeah. Here's a Popsicle, <laughs> you know, and I just type, you know, I'm just a pen monkey. You know, that's what I do. I just type stuff. She she does all the business stuff and makes everything run, and I just type that's stuff. Cool. Up. It's awesome. I love it. I, dude, I'm living the dream.
1: All right. Well, we're going to take this call from, uh, from the 253 area code. You are live on Kiko Nation Radio.
6: 253, you there? Well, that was me, Dave.
1: Elsa. Oh, I've wrong one. That. Okay, sorry, wrong one. All right, uh, it's nine. I, I meant to grab this one, 907 area code. 907 area code, you're live on Gecko Nation radio. Uh, I guess that one dropped. Okay, we have another one here. Um, 559 area code, you're live on Gecko Nation radio.
8: Hello.
4: Eight five nine. You there? Hello. Hello. Hello? What's
8: up, Clover? Yes, What's sir. Oh, this is Dave Durham. I didn't. I didn't push the one button, but I, I'll answer. I'll ask a question anyway. Uh okay, I wanted Dave. to know uh, how would I go about who would be a good uh, person to publish a book if I wrote a book? That's to John, anyway. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, he can, he that can help would definitely you with that. be uh, Cold Blooded Publishing. Cold Blooded uh, Intel. Huh. Uh, uh, Cold-Blooded Publishing, James Tindall. Uh If you shoot me a PM, I can put you in contact with uh, James and Cold-Blooded over there. Uh, okay. Really excellent guys. Uh, and the reason I would recommend them over others is just the way the contract is written. It's more freedom for the writer versus more freedoms for the publisher. And that was one of the lessons that I learned l- ultimately too late <laughs> in life was that there is actually publishers out there that if you, if you wait and you shop around long enough, you'll find ones that will treat you the way that you do uh, deserve to be treated as an author. Would be possible uh-huh. with that.
8: Okay, well, I just wanted to kind of, you know, see about maybe writing a, a small book. I don't, you know, not nothing real big, but. Oh
2: no! Uh, no, trust me. Been asking me be... a
8: lot of questions on YouTube about, you know, why don't you write a book and all that, and I'm, I'm really not that, you know, into writing or anything, but I yeah. might be able to put them together, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, James and James over there, Blood Publishing. If you just give him, uh, shoot him an email or what have you, uh, he can help you out. You know, even if you just want to you know possibly record it and have somebody transcribe it and then edit it later, I mean there's so many options available to uh you know publishing your book and getting it out the way you want it out via cold blooded publishing and that's hmm. why again, why I recommend them is just because they have so many options available to give you. A way to get your work out there the way it deserves to be out there, not how some large market publisher would want it out there.
4: Hey, hmm.
1: John, let me jump in for a second. This is yeah. this is Dave This is Dave Durham that I was talking to you about before. The Lizard Whisperer. Oh, <laughs> hello, sir. Remember I was telling you? Yeah. Yeah. The guy that trains he trains his lizards and they they come to him by name and he's yeah. got a lot of uh, he's got yeah he's got a really amazing way of uh just interacting with his pets and
2: okay you know i i so, honestly i no. think can i turn the interview around now
8: <laughs>
4: <laughs> i know <laughs> just right? for a
2: second just for no a I, I i really want
8: to know how i could do the book because a lot of people were asking me you know how how do you train your lizards you know and uh yeah. so I i kind of wanted to do something along that line you know
2: yeah, no. I and honestly, Dave, I would be happy to help you do that, sir, uh, via with James and uh, Cold Blooded Publishing. Now, are you? And this is just off, completely off the topic of the book publishing. Are, do you think you're operating with uh, reptile cognition? In your cognition.
8: opinion, cognition. I don't know what you mean by cognition. Do you reptile mean, cognition?
2: Um, do you see the reptiles reasoning out? what's going on or do you think they're just operating on instinct
8: uh yeah i do i i do see them thinking it seems like they're thinking i can
3: okay. to me i can yeah. tell
8: whether a lizard is smart or not you know or or right. is not right. you know really smart i the the way they look with their eyes you know and i yeah. i study them a lot when I, you know and, and i have a big uh like reptile enclosure you know and yeah. uh and i like to go out and just look at how they're uh you know Co-ac- uh, co-inhabiting with the other animals, and you know, uh, I really do think they uh, they understand. And and a lot of times I can call them without even see you know them seeing me, and they'll come to me. You know, so yeah. uh, I think they're thinking.
2: <laughs> yeah, know? very definitely. No, it, it would seem so. Very definitely. Yeah. And I would definitely love to talk to you about you know uh, later on about you know talking talking about that book and what have you. Okay, sounds like a, a date then, huh? Very <laughs> okay. interesting. I'll,
1: li- I'll, I'll link you guys up after the show. I'll, I'll link you guys up on Facebook. Yeah, right for that's sure.
8: In. All right, thanks, Dave. All right. All I'll right. Well, cool. for going in, Dave. All right.
1: All right. Awesome. All right. Bye. Um, you know, you know, uh, you know, John, Dave would be an yes. excellent candidate to write an article for you too. Maybe, maybe he can get a little practice writing an article first, and then
2: jump into a book. Perhaps. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah we definitely love uh, to have him in the Herb House magazine, for sure. He's not a
1: he's not like a scientific guy, like where he's doing this in like a you know, like a controlled experimental type of way. He's you know, he's a hobbyist and he's he's got like a real intuition with these animals. It's very, very uh interesting and unique the way he interacts with them and he's got so many videos on YouTube about that and like he says, like like he'll call them, he's got a bunch of different savannas and big you know iguanas, and he'll call them by their names, and that particular animal will come. So it's not like they're all coming because they think they're going to get food or something. Um, the no, the animal that he names. right, they're recognizing their individual names. That's the thing. And if you, I have never seen an, an iguana. He's got a um, a Brock iguana. Uh, I have never seen an adult iguana play with the dog toy, play with a toy in the yard like a puppy would. And this iguana is playing with the toy like a toy like a little puppy would. It is the most amazing thing. And it just goes to show you how intelligent these animals really are, and they really don't get that kind of respect that they deserve as far as their intelligence level. Yeah, so, I
4: think,
1: yeah, so I think Dave getting some exposure like that would be really beneficial, you know, just to the community in general so they can see the work that he's doing. And uh, I'll tell you, sure. I think there's like, a, there's like an unseen component with what he's doing, like they just understand him. It's, it's very, very weird, but it's, it's amazing. Um, all right, well, we got about 15 minutes left in the show, John. Oh, I want to, uh, there's a couple other things that I wanted to, to touch on, and I, and I know that you're, you're passionate about, and that is the rattlesnake roundups. So why don't we talk a little bit about that, um, that topic?
2: Yeah, you know, the rattlesnake roundups, and, it's kind of funny cuz I actually had someone just comment on this recently about um you know me being a hypocrite bringing up the fact that I am against the slaughter and ga- and excuse me, gassing of uh, thousands of rattlesnakes at a time when I will gas you know thousands of rodents at a time, and then use them for food to feed exotic pets that I keep. Well, you know, I I just, I couldn't see, I couldn't see the reasoning in that. That just floored me. That, okay, I'm exterminating a non-native mammal and using it for food, but yet you're going out and exterminating a native reptile which keeps down your rodent population, which is known for zoonosis, which is the transfer of mammal disease you know, from one mammal to, to the other or from any species to another, I believe. But specifically, you know, in my reference, would be, you know, like bubonic plague, yeah. antivirus. You and know,
1: God only knows what else, yeah.
2: These various other viruses. You're killing out, you're exterminating a population of animals that are keeping you from experiencing this. Yep. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
1: Well, and, and, you know, I have to jump in and say, you know, the the these mice and, and rats that are uh, bred specifically for food for the reptiles, you know, just like chickens and cows are bred to feed people, these are right. these are bred for and they're humanely, they're humanely, uh, you know, put put, you know, they you don't do the gassing, but you know, I yeah. know, you know, it's it's done, but um, it's done humanely.
3: And
2: yeah, it's
4: right, mainly uttered
3: different Mhm. You know, and that's
2: the whole thing. It's like you know, I'm not doing it personally, you know, and that and that's what it brings it down to you know, outside of the rattlesnake roundups is you know, the live prey feeding. Um that's probably another subject altogether. With the rattlesnake roundups, it's basically, there's absolutely no logical reason for these things to go on anymore. No, there isn't. There is no free-range cattle anymore, and those that are free-range are not in uh, roundup territories. You know, these cattle ranchers and things that are going out there... And saying that these roundups are necessary, they can't prove that they are. There has been less injurious, or rather uh, lethal, injurious rattlesnake envenomations than there has been in the last century. So there's, they have no reasoning to go out and do
1: these roundups. And, and let's get into what, what actually goes on in these roundups. They cut out they cut the heads off of these snakes. <clears> first they, first they, they tie their mouths shut. Then they cut their heads off and wave them around while they're still alive. They eat the beating hearts of the snakes. What else do they do? Yeah. They drink the blood. They do all this really gross honey vol- Oh, like, but you like, missed
2: out the best part. The best really part is that? I can have my child skin a rattlesnake (laughs) while it's still alive, mind you, and wriggling Mm. on it. And dress himself in blood and then go Uh. place his handprints on a white wall and signature himself and signature his name below the handprints. In blood. Yeah, in blood.
1: If you guys want to see this, Unevolved so human behavior. I'm thinking,
2: So I'm thinking, well, if that's okay, well, then if little Johnny and little Susie is okay doing this to rattlesnakes, I think they should go do that to their next hamburger. To the what? To their next hamburger. Oh,
4: well.
2: I think little Johnny and little Susie, since they're doing this to rattlesnakes, they should do this to the next cow. That's going to become their hamburgers. Right. You're
1: not going to see they that happen.
2: Should, they should skin those cattle alive, dress up in their blood, paint on the walls, and sign their names. And then we'll see how everybody feels about it.
1: I know, and it, it's like it's it's okay because they're reptiles, and it's not okay. Yeah.
2: Um, no, you can go okay. on.
1: You can go on. You can go on YouTube and see this, I call it unevolved human behavior, because that's what it is. And its on, you can type in Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups, and you'll see Ray Autry's videos. And
2: oh, uh, yeah. those
1: videos will, if you have a heart in you, those videos will upset you.
2: Um,
1: check them out. Yeah, Ray Autry,
2: um Warrior Martin is another great one. But you know what? Yeah. Actually, actually, okay, you, you could have a choice. You could watch... One before the other, and it doesn't matter. But you got to watch both. Ori Martin and the Ray Entree videos. You have to watch both. You can't just watch one or the other, because mm-hmm. it's like they they offer opposing views. It's like Ray offers here is what um, abnormal is, and then Ori offers. Here's how the animal actually reacts in the wild and what they do naturally, versus Ray right. giving you here's what humans do out of ignorance. Right. It's a very, it's a really good dichotomy or irony, depending on how you look at it. I guess.
1: Well, for the for your information, everyone, on uh, on May I'm sorry March thirtieth. Ray Autry and Dave Durham, who you just heard on the air, uh, we're doing a split show uh, with both of them. So tune in for that. It's going to be an, interest, it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, all right, John. We're, we're coming down to the very end here,
4: and okay. uh, at the
1: very end, um, I want to bring Marcy on for a minute to talk about Reliable Reptile Reviews. But um, yeah, I'd like to give right. you this time. Yeah, I'd like to give you this time to. Um, basically have any closing remarks and also to uh, give out your information and your plugs for uh, for the magazine and whatnot so that people can find you and uh, definitely link up and, and benefit from what you're putting out.
2: Awesome. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, definitely mm-hmm. check us out at um, herphousemag.com uh, Definitely check out our uh, colleagues, geckonationradio.com of course. Uh,
4: mm-hmm.
2: as well as brandon Fowler, uh roman reptiles uh mm-hmm. chris law uh central florida zoological <coughs> excuse me central <coughs> central florida florida zoological is uh chris law marcia McGinnis, golden gate geckos marcy from m s two feeders oh my gosh God there's a huge uh reptile owners of Canada uh regional reptiles and exotics uh exotics and more sending reptiles the Venom interviews uh God it feels like I'm going on a freaking Oscar speech. <laughs> um honestly Stay Hungry for the Dream. Everybody can do it. Um check out Reptiles Canada. Uh, com. We're running a blog over there right now, which is the Reptile Business Pages, which we are going to be sharing with people how to build a reputable Reptile Business and not be a jerk about it. Yes. That's pretty much what it is, really. Yes. Um, you know, it's just not being about – it's not not about being a jerk. It's about building a tribe, building a nation. Building a community. Yep. Back to basic yeah. David is doing, uh, myself, Herb Tom Radio. Uh yep. Marsha Venus again. That's pretty much I think would uh pretty much be it. You know, just trying don't to build a tribe out of the nation.
1: Don't feel like, you know, you gotta cram in because we're gonna have you back soon anyway. Um, there's so <laughs> much there's so much we can talk about, you know. And,
2: exactly, there and, is. And, and, John,
1: I just want you to know that you have you have an open invitation so that if there's something that you'd like to promote or if you just want to schedule a spur of the moment show on a Tuesday, uh, we can certainly put that together.
4: Awesome. So just keep that in mind.
1: Excellent. Definitely. Yeah, it awesome. was great having you on. Um, I'm glad that we've been able to uh, link up and talk and everything, and uh, I look Definitely. forward to uh yeah, I look forward to writing an article for you soon, and um, you know, working doing some we stuff together. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah? definitely.
2: Awesome. All right, look cool. forward to it. And,
1: uh, and here, a special thank you to Rebecca for keeping you on the straight and narrow and keeping you productive. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, no kidding.
2: Yeah, she, right? deserves she deserves it. She deserves.
1: She deserves yeah, they, they say there's uh, behind every good man there's a there's a woman driving him. So. Oh yeah. You know that's that's cool. So Amen there's some credit. Where credit is due. All right, Very John. We'll, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again.
2: Alrighty, sir. Talk soon.
1: All right, later,
2: bud. Bye bye.
1: All right. Alrighty. Uh, wow, great show. Another great show. John is an awesome guy. Um, before the show comes to an end, I want to uh, bring on uh, Miss Marcy for a second, and uh, she wants to tell us a little something about reliable. Reptile reviews, and I believe this is her number here. So, Marcy, you are live on Gecko Nation Radio.
5: Hey there! I wish I would have had a chance to say hello to John, but um, oh, and I'm excuse sorry. me, cause that's okay. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little out of it still after my surgery. I'm doing a little better. I kind of joke and say that I've got a stay Tough marshmallow man hand. Um, oh, but I saw that Jeez. I know. I know. Uh, I went in for neck surgery and came out with a stay-puff hand, so it's kind of interesting stuff. So. Anyway, Weird. Um, How yeah, no, are you doing now? That's another right? whole story. I'll, I'm hanging in there, you know. It's uh, yeah. it's interesting kind of conducting, conducting things from my chair or the sofa, where I'm usually the one, like, making the dinner or spray- Spray this gecko's cage this many times, or you know, So it's it's a it's a different uh it's different it's a weird feat to be in right now. So, well,
1: it won't be but that way for. one thing so. I did
5: want no, it won't. I'll be on the end before you know it. Uh, one thing I mm-hmm. did want to say is that Yvonne uh, Lusoski Hancock is the one that originally started that group. Um I was okay. happy to be jumped right on board with the Reliable Reptile Reviews, and I had fun making the banner, um and we all had some input in um, working with the group. Marcia is also involved in the group. Um, and uh, one of the most important things that we felt uh, was an issue is so many times we saw people making complaints about a transaction when they hadn't even contacted the seller. Right. At all.
1: Yeah.
5: And so, you know, uh, if you uh, I mean, you, myself, other people, you know, if there's something wrong, like with one of my transactions, I'm like, how am I going to make this right? The minute I know about it, I'm like, okay, how can I make this right? I'm going to make this right and make it work, you know. Right. Um and so a lot of times we'd see so many people just go on these long, and it would it devolve into this long diatribe between, you know, 50 people, um, and it turned into this slam fest when this other person has even no knowledge of uh, the transaction, may have gone sideways for whatever reason. And right. so one of the things that was done was uh, the liable reptile reviews was created so there must be documented proof if the admins ask for it that you have already attempted to contact the seller you've given them three business days to respond because life happens Mm -hmm. you know things happen in people's families you know someone might have a Mm -hmm. death in the family someone might have something you know who knows Um, but give them a reasonable amount of time to respond. And Mm -hmm. if there's no response at that point, then it's fine to post a negative review. Positive reviews are always encouraged, but the format that we've tried to really stick to, and it's really hard to get people to fall in line because everybody wants to chime in, um, but have it just between the buyer and the seller even if it's positive, even if it's negative, Um, but that way it's something that's really searchable, it's very, um, everything's documented, and I just have to give Yvonne kudos for that, because I think it was something that was greatly needed in the community, and um, so I think if anybody's interested, I will post it in Gecko Nation, I will post a link to it um, on the Gecko Nation radio page, as well as in the GECA Nation group, um, and in the chat, because I think it's a very useful tool, and if we can get more people using it and acting in a responsible and appropriate manner, very business-like manner, then we'll be perceived as being, you know, responsible, appropriate business people versus, you know, people that are full of drama. And I think that's something our, our community really needs. I commend you guys
1: for putting that together. Yvonne and yourself, Marcy and Marcia, that, that, you're right. This is something that we totally need. There's so many times that I see, you know, somebody got a shipment late of, of feeders or something and they didn't even call a feeder company and they're already posting, oh, so-and-so sucks. Uh, you know, the, the, the it came a day late, this and that. And, you know, all these, and this is stuff that hurts people's reputations unnecessarily when all they need to do is call them up, and most businesses, if, they're any, if they know anything about customer service, they're going to do whatever they can possibly to make the customer happy. They'll send you news-free stuff. Absolutely. Right, and there's, there's no need to jump the gun and, and get all angry. I mean, I know sometimes, like, if you're expecting your heaters, and it's freezing out, and you get, and they come dead, you know, that's, that's unavoidable. That's, I believe that in that circumstance, that's up to you to plan ahead and check the weather and to have food on hand, um, and you know that that's. But too many people jump the gun, and I don't. I don't. I know it. It frustrates me, you know. But but you know what, you guys are teaching people to handle things differently and better, and that's commendable. So I I think that's awesome.
5: Well, I think it, it it's got to start somewhere, and mm-hmm. you know it's like with any little thing, it's got to start somewhere, and the expectations and the. um the decorum that should be expected—it's got to start somewhere, and especially right. on on a Facebook forum, you know, it's far different than any of the other you know avenues that have been done before, and there hasn't really been, you know, it's basically been free for all, and so
6: mm-hmm.
5: you know, having having some structure and having you know, having strict rules about how this works um, and and encouraging professional behavior. I mean, I think for, uh, we'll go much further in representing us as a community than if we don't do something like this.
4: Of course. So it's just That's one, right. I mean,
5: there's a million different ways that we can be more professional and be viewed as more professional. And this is just one of them, you know, because I think, you know, any type of a person who's against the reptile community, industry, the hobby, you know, they can go look at a number of different pages and go, look at these people, they're horrid, you know? And, you know, if we can work at setting a standard and saying, this is how we want to behave and this is how we want to be perceived, you know the people that I know and do business with are, you know, stellar people and I don't want them to be viewed as you know, the kind of people that, you know, the people that want to bring the reptile community down, I don't want them to be viewed like that Yeah, well,
4: it's
1: it's, I think the dynamic is actually uh, in flux right now, I'm seeing a lot of different uh, changes in basically just the social structure and um, like me and John were talking about earlier, eventually the, 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 be, the like-minded people come together, whether it's the negative or the positive, you know, they basically congeal at some point and um, that's a good thing. And, and, you know, all the best businesses and, you know, people in the community, they have, they have formed alliances and, you know, business relationships and friendships with other people, and that's what makes them all successful. No one can do it on their own. We all need to, certain people, we all need to, some of us need to come together and work for, for the betterment of, of all of our success, and that's something a lot of people don't understand, And you know, but um, if you do understand it and you make those those connections, uh, I think you're going to do well. I mean, I, right, wouldn't you agree, Marcy?
5: I, I definitely think so. And I think there's a lot of great people in our community that are more than willing to help people um, from the get-go. And I was excited to hear Don's uh, uh, efforts to how to, you know, be in the reptile industry and not be a jerk. I don't know if that's exactly what he said. You have to forgive me. I'm a little medicated right now. But, uh, no, that's what he said. <laughs> but I think, Okay. Yeah. Um so I think that's really awesome. I think that's something that, you know, you know, things like that are incredibly important and we just need to continue to foster them and I just have to say I absolutely adore uh all the work that John and Becky do and they're just an outstanding phenomenal couple that are only going to bring more and more to the community, you know, they've already brought a lot to the community over the years, and, um, you know, John's just an amazing published author and, and an outstanding individual, and Becky is, you know, likewise, um, you know, an amazing counterpart for him, and I just see them as, like, this dynamic duo, so just want to give great kudos to that, and I also want to thank Marcia for introducing me to John to get my first article published, so that was really cool.
1: Which was awesome, by the way. That's so cool.
5: Yeah. So, anyway, um, I just, uh, I know it's going over, but I just wanted to tell you, great job as usual, and I'm glad that John was on, and I look forward to seeing him on more in the future.
1: Awesome. I love you, Marcy. I'm so glad you made it through your surgery, okay? I hope you get better soon.
5: Oh, thank you so much.
1: All right. Talk to you soon.
5: Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.
1: All right, bye now. All right, everybody. uh, We're coming to the end of the show. I am going to – we've still got a couple things left for you tonight, and uh, I'm going to play the outro first, and then I'm going to come back with my closing remarks, and then I'm going to play a nice, uh, really cool musical piece for you. So check this out.
0: Gecko Nation Radio is a David Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. The jazz music you heard tonight was generously donated and created by Jeremy Turgeon of J&D Reptiles. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for the great musical pieces. You can check out Jeremy at J&D Reptiles on YouTube and on Facebook. And a very special thank you to our news anchor, graphic designer, and audio tech, Steve Barker. All the graphics, audio sponsor plugs, and music overlays were assembled by Steve. Check out Steve on YouTube at BC Barker Creations. He has some terrific videos for the herb community with amazing geckos and snakes. Please support the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance and U.S. ARC. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to support both of these organizations. Please donate to U.S. ARC so that they have the funds needed to legally protect pet owners' rights nationwide you can donate to the U.S. ARC Legal Defense Fund at www.usarc.org. If you would also like to learn about advocacy and how you can take action on a state and local level, please subscribe to the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance newsletter and blog at www.usherp.org. All right, everybody. Um, as far as the contest goes, we had
1: three callers tonight, well, including Marcy, but I think Marcy already has her subscription to Her House. So basically, I'm going to be doing the raffle tomorrow for uh, Dave Durham, Elsa, and the Mean Old Gecko Lady. But I think I'm going to shaft the Mean Old Gecko Lady. I'm not going to put her in the raffle because I don't like her, and she's just mean. So it's going to be between Dave and Elsa to see who gets the free subscription to Her Past magazine. So that'll be cool. Uh, My closing remarks are pretty much this. Um, Tonight, I just seriously want to thank everyone. And, you know, this show is a culmination of a lot of great people coming together in the community, the sponsors, uh, the people in the group, Gecko Nation group on Facebook. I love all you guys. I love this group. It's such a terrific place. Um, In fact, I rarely even go in any other groups anymore. I just focus on what's going on in the air. And it's always a good experience. It's never, it's never like mentally exhausting. Uh, you know, there's no attacking, no drama, no nonsense, and uh, just a lot of good people. We got a lot of great beginners coming in the group, and that's cool because beginners have that excitement, they have that enthusiasm, that great energy. And yeah, we do have some beginners that get their stuff at the big chain pet stores. That's, but you know what? We're gonna get them on to the better geckos. We're going to educate them, and we're going to welcome them and usher them into this amazing community that we have. That's the, that's the whole point. And um, I notice a lot of people are finding the group through my links that I post on my, my YouTube videos. So that's, that's great. So it's working. And uh, I think we're at like 12 or 1,300 strong now, which is amazing for a group this young. So thank you all for con- your contributions to the Gecko Nation group. Everything that you do is significant um, in there, and and I really seriously appreciate it. I want to thank everybody that tuned in that's in the chat room tonight. Uh, Angela, Marcy, Jeff, John's still here, a bunch of other people. Some of those screen names, I don't know uh, who you are, but a lot of people tuned in for the chat. Dave Durham, of course. And uh, it just goes to show you, John is another person that followed his dream and is doing something positive for herpeticulture and for the community, and uh, we need more of that. So my message is, if you have a vision, if you have an idea, if you have something that you feel you can give back to this community, please do it, because we need it more than ever right now. All right, I'm going to play, I'm just going to tell everybody good night, and uh, I'm going to also play a a song for the very end. Everybody out in Gecko Nation, you're awesome. I love you. Have a good night
0: and check this out.
1: This is Hans Zimmer.